Alright, welcome in to another episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you on a Wednesday night. We're streaming this live on the Facebook page, so I appreciate all of you guys who are watching on the live stream and those watching on the podcast version. Definitely appreciate you guys as well. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is. Uh, definitely appreciate everyone for making the podcast part of your 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 morning, your afternoon drive, whatever it is. Uh, your evening, your workout, whether you're at the grocery store listening on an, uh, on your AirPods, whatever the case may be. Definitely appreciate you guys making this podcast uh, part of your day. A lot to get into here on this episode of Farzcast. As you can see, still recovering from my lost voice, but hey, we'll get through it. Uh, NFL owners voted on a couple of uh, rule changes that a lot of people do not approve of. We'll touch on those two rules and maybe just talk about what the NFL is trying to do. What is the goal with the NFL? What are they trying to accomplish when they do these rule changes? Should there be changes to the rule changes themselves, the voting uh, process that is? Adrian Peterson, he has said that he has not quite retired yet. Former Bills punter Matt Areza is getting a chance, a second chance in the NFL. We'll talk about that. Patrick Mahomes was asked about Jackson Mahomes today. I thought he gave a very professional answer. Some people not happy about the media asking this, so we'll touch on that part a little later. Talk some NBA, some NHL as we get closer to the finals for those two sports. And a little bit more. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Like I said, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever it may be. If you listen live, you can obviously catch the Facebook live streams as well. If you're only able to catch part of the show, you can catch them on uh, all those podcasting websites I mentioned. All right. Hope you're all doing well on a Wednesday. Appreciate all the uh, birthday wishes over the weekend. Had a great birthday. Went to Vegas for a short weekend. Saw the Vegas Golden Knights game, which was pretty intense. It was game two of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and we'll touch on that a little later on as well because the Dallas Stars, their fans, man, I mean, it was a blowout loss. But boy, uh, did they still make headlines with their fans and players. So we'll get into that and a whole lot more later on in the podcast. But I want to start off by talking about the two new NFL rules. Uh, the first one that the NFL owners approved of, the Thursday Night Football Flex where two Thursday night football games can be flexed late in the season. The vote was 24 to 8. Surpri- surprising to me that some coach uh, some owners did vote uh, against this, but overall it did uh, the majority won in this one here. They got enough, they got what they needed to approve of this. Listen, coaches don't like it, players don't like it. So why in the world are the owners approving of this kind of thing? This is a concern for player safety. No one's no one's thinking otherwise. Uh, fans who travel out of t- uh, from out of town to these games now have to either book their trips a certain length so they don't get screwed over, which not everyone has that luxury, or just get rid of their tickets and cancel their trip, uh, which is not something anyone wants to do when they buy tickets to a game No, and they're counting down the days to, to the game. No one thinks about possibly selling them because they can't make it due to the game being moved up three days sooner or uh, gets pushed back three days later. Mark Davis, uh, the owner of the Raiders, made an, kind of a funny comment here saying that if people are traveling uh, to Vegas for a Chargers and Raiders matchup um, and if the game gets pushed back, uh, pu- uh, pushed from Thursday to Sunday, 
all the Raiders fans and the three Chargers fans traveling to Vegas have to pretty much pretty much reroute, uh, figure out what they're going to do with their tickets or their travel plans and whatnot. I thought the three uh, Charger fan comment was was pretty funny. Kind of needed to throw that in there, but uh, he he's not wrong. I mean, he's not he's not wrong. The Raiders were one of the teams that um, that were worked that voted against this. By the way, if you hear some noise, don't worry about that. There's some yard work going on. Uh, at my house, so I didn't think it'd be that loud. I don't know. Maybe you guys don't even hear that, but if you do hear that, uh, that's what's going on. But uh, he, he's right, though. Mark Davis is right. Um, I mean, this does screw over a lot of fans. Um, you know, you have to consider those fans uh, that are traveling. Not every single person that's at a football game is from that metropolitan area. I mean, there are a lot of fans that do travel from out of town, from another state, maybe even a, another time zone to uh, to attend these games. And now from weeks, what, 13 through 17, now you have this concern of, okay, do I have to maybe extend my travel plan here and there? What do you do? I, I'm just not a fan of it. And I don't think the NFL is thinking about these the, these fans. Now, there is a 28-day notice, so I suppose there might be some uh, valid notice there for fans that can try to maybe work around uh, this if they can. But again, not everyone has that luxury. And don't forget, Monday Night Football flexes are possible too this season. Um, Listen, I said on social media this week that Clark Hunt does not care about Chiefs fans. And a lot of Chiefs fans were upset by that. I still stand by that comment. Um... Owners supposedly make more money out of this because it means better games, possibly. But how do we know that 28 days in advance? Um, I mean, this is not, I mean, are, are you really going to miss Cleo this 28 days in advance? Uh, listen, I when they do Sunday Night Football games 12 days in advance, that makes a little bit more sense. You can kind of tell when a matchup is going to be good about a, less than two weeks later. But almost a month ahead... I mean, we don't even know exactly if those two matchups are going to be the same a month later. It might sound enticing at the time you make that flex, but a whole month later, I mean, so much can happen too. Um, listen, uh, the Saturday night football match we had in Week 18, Titans-Jaguars. I know that was a Saturday game and not a Thursday night flex, but did anyone think those two teams were going to battle it out for the, for the division in Week 18? Essentially a playoff game. Nobody thought that. Nobody thought that'd be the case. Uh, the worst one is the fair catch one. Yeah, I'm going to get into that in a moment, Jacob. Levi says Mark is right. Uh, Lynn says it's all about getting more people watching the games on TV. Okay, let me just comment on this. Because I know Thursday Night Football, the, the, the slate of Thursday Night Football games last year were just not good. They really were not. It was just one season of bad primetime football on Thursday nights. We've had it in the past where, and it doesn't happen often, generally these primetime games are pretty good. We've had it where some of these primetime games all season long, like on a Monday night, just aren't as good. That happens once in a while. Amazon, they had the rights to Thursday night football uh, for the first time ever, and they're now complaining about the, the quality of games for one season. I mean, give it a couple of seasons. Um, it's almost like uh, it's almost like you go somewhere for the first time, and you know, one bad experience, people let that 
kind of put a cloud over the uh, the entire establishment, which I don't think is fair. Um, you know, if you go to a restaurant, especially if it's a new restaurant and uh, you don't like the food there, well, is that maybe you just ordered something that just wasn't as good on the menu as some of the other things? Um, you should, in my opinion, you shouldn't let that, you know, impact impact your opinion on the entire establishment. Um, Amazon just had one by, and it's it's only two games that you can flex, so it's really not that. Uh, big of an improvement for the quality of games. And it's going to be between weeks 13 and 17, which is going to be a time where games are going to matter a whole lot more for sure. Uh, I, I, I just don't know though. Players don't like it and the coaches don't like it. Uh, let's talk about another rule that was changed. The fair catch rule. Someone commented about this earlier. Levi says that's how the cookie crumbled. Sometimes they picked and scheduled these games before the season to be good games. Yeah, and listen, there are some teams that are going to be on primetime that may not be as enticing to watch, but you got to try to include as many teams as possible. With Thursday Night Football now, you can include at least one team, um, or all 32 teams at least once, excuse me. So I think, you know, just give it a chance. There might be two... Teams that aren't as good, but they might doesn't mean it's going to be a terrible game. Could still be enticing to watch. I mean, sure, we want to watch meaningful football games, but if there's a football game that's just pretty good coming down to the wire, no one wants to miss out on that. I certainly don't. Uh, the new fair catch kickoff rule this is a very interesting one. Uh, the rule is on kickoffs, if a returner catches the ball anywhere from the 24-yard line to their own end zone, the ball will be placed at the 25-yard line. And this is supposedly going to be a, a trial uh, run uh, this season for this rule here. Um, a big reason for this is an attempt to reduce concu- reduce concussions. Uh, apparently, this will they think that this will reduce concussions by 15%. Um, I was listening to Fox Sports Radio. Uh, so, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, both former players. Brady Quinn was a quarterback here in Kansas City for one season. And uh, the host, uh, Jonas Knox, they talked about this. LeVar Arrington made an interesting comment and said that m- the major concussions he suffered came on special teams. Brady Quinn mentioned that this is considered, quote, the most dangerous play kickoffs, that is. Um, but you are damn near close to nullifying the most exciting part of football, which is a kick return touchdown. Uh, you look at guys like Dante Hall, Devin Hester, those guys and what they have done in their careers and the excitement they have brought. Um, I mean, look at the 2000. When you think of the 2003 season and that 9-0 start, who's the first player that comes to mind? And don't get me wrong, there were a lot of great players that year with Trent Green, Tony Gonzalez, Priest Holmes, a record-setting year. But when you think of the 2003 Chiefs, you think of Dante Hall and just the monster season he had that year as a kick returner. When you think of the Chicago Bears in the mid to late 2000s, you think of Devin Hester and the excitement he brought. Especially what year was it? 06, I think? When he just had that insane year um, doing what he did as a return specialist. Um, now you're kind of nullifying that. Yeah, see, a lot of people do not do not like this rule at all. And I want to get to your guys' reactions to this. Um, Deborah doesn't like it. Elaine doesn't like it. Michael says the new rule does suck. Um, no one likes this, which I want to get into later. Uh, but essentially what this does is... 
uh, kind of gives the uh, return team, which is soon you know going to bring its own offense to the field, gives them a pretty solid advantage. You basically get the ball at the 25-yard line if you want, and this is an attempt to reduce concussion. Pat McAfee, who's obviously a bias towards this because he's a special teams guy, he said that he heard that there was not enough support for this the first time they tried to vote on it. They didn't actually vote on it because there wasn't enough support. So the second time they tried to do this with an actual vote, Roger Goodell lobbied to the owners and trying to vote in favor of a, of a change here, which I think is pretty interesting. Very interesting to, to say the least. Um, listen, uh, what I said earlier about the Thursday night football rule, coaches don't like Yeah, Teresa, you're right. Uh, they don't like it. Uh, coaches don't like it, players don't like it, yet once again, the owners are voting on a change that players and coaches do not like. Andy Reid had a comment that went viral today saying, quote, you don't want to take too many pieces away or you'll be playing flag football. Nolan, it is not for punts, but a lot of people think it could be for punts in the future. Uh, Jacob says, I think player... Players put their whole career on making big plays on special day. That's a really good point. Um, listen, let's not, let's not, uh, are you wrestler from Vegas? I mean, if you can tell by the voice, not really, but hey, uh, we're going to push through here and there uh, regardless. Um, you no, know, Jacob, you make a really good point though, because listen, let's be honest. We know about 35 to 40 of the roster spots. Okay. We're not fooling anybody here. Um, a lot of teams know what those 35 to 40 spots are going to look like. But what about the remaining 13 spots or so? You know, how are you going to determine if those guys are going to make the team? Obviously, some plays here and there on offense and defense. But if you can make a big play on special teams, that really improves your chances of making a roster. Or at the very least, on being on a practice squad. So, yeah, this does have a negative impact, Jacob. You're absolutely right for guys, um, you know, uh, that are on the roster bubble. They want to they want to try to make the team and try to impress the coaches by making some plays on, on special teams. Uh, Levi says, I'll be optimistic to see how they plan out because the MLB rule changes I thought was stupid also, but they haven't really uh, they haven't really been that bad. Um Elaine says, unless it's catchable, most players will let it go into the end zone. Um, yeah, but you can't always, I mean, you never know if there's just one really unlucky bounce and it just stays like at the two or whatever, which at that point you can't forget catch it. You got to pick it up and run. Um, thank you, Cole. I appreciate it. Why did they extend Goodell's contract? Has he done anything to improve the game? Deborah's asking. Okay, this is a really good question. You know what? I think this is now a really good time to just go into the next subject here with the inconsist inconsistency of the NFL. Because the Thursday night flex rule, that does not give you any indication that they care about player safety. Yet, this rule with the fair catch uh, on kickoffs is an attempt to help player safety. This is a really big inconsistency with the NFL here because players already don't like Thursday night football to begin with. As a fan, look, I think it's cool. You've got games on Thursdays, uh, Sundays, uh, occasionally Saturdays, uh, and then Mondays. Um, so from the viewing experience, it's great. I love it. But from the player standpoint, and you know, I mean, they're important too, just because they make millions of dollars. And I'm not saying throw a pity party for these guys. But, you know, they're human too, and I think their opinions matter on this stuff a lot. 
you're voting on the flex Thursday night flex, and that's not conducive to player safety. But this fair catch rule is an attempt to help reduce concussions. So what are we doing here? Because there's a huge inconsistency here. And again, coaches and players are not fans of these two rule changes here. Yet the owners, the ones who hire these coaches and essentially provide paychecks for these players here, they're the ones that are voting on all of this. Let me just ask this question. How many of these owners have played a snap in the NFL? I'm sure they all played sports growing up, but I don't care about what they played growing up. I care if they have ever played a snap, a down in the NFL. I don't know how many of them can say that. Um, someone was asking, why did they accept? Deborah was asking, why did they extend Goodell's contract? Because what Roger Goodell does when he is trying to lobby for some of these rule changes, it is beneficial to the owners far more than it is to the coaches and the players. The owners are the ones that vote on extending his contract. And according to Jim Mersey, they're an extension, uh, for Goodell is coming through March of 2027. I appreciate it, Scott. Shout out to New Mexico. You missed it. Uh, James says he missed the days uh, when they played Smash Mouth football. Yeah. And listen, I've heard a lot of people say this might be the softest era in sports. I know a lot of people think about our society that way. But in sports, in ge- just generally, man, it's just really changed. Um, We the ones. Oh, I like, the, uh, I like the, uh, the bloodline reference there. Cool. Uh, Kansas City will win another Super Bowl. But here's the thing. The owners care about... I'm just reading comments uh, for those wondering on the podcast version why I just said that. The, the owners love Roger Goodell for the things he's doing. See, Roger Goodell you know, gives out these fines and lack of explanations. The owners don't care about any of that. They care for their pockets, their wallets, their bank accounts. The only thing they, they care about with the fans is making sure they're paying for the product. They're spending money on tickets. Uh, merchandise, all these things, because that helps the NFL and in turn helps the NFL owners in the long run and short term. Um, That's what they're doing here. Look, here's what you got to keep in mind. Someone mentioned this earlier in the the, uh, comment section as well. The owners are going to submit their votes based on what's best for the business, TV deals, ticket sales, all those things. Yet the NFL is already thriving. It's not like it's not like the NFL is a sport that is on the cusp of survival and they need to make these drastic changes, otherwise they could file for bankruptcy. No, the NFL is this massive empire. I'm not breaking any news here to you guys. The NFL is this massive empire, um, the king of ratings, and they just dominate. Even that year when people were upset with the uh, anthem protesting, and ratings went down just a little bit. It wasn't as big as people made it sound like. Who was beating the NFL in ratings that year? Absolutely nobody. Nobody. Every year they come out with a list of like the top uh, 50 or 100 telecasts um, in the United States. And the NFL always, 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 always dominates that list. Occasionally you'll get like... Um, a presidential debate or an inauguration that'll be in the top 10 in the ratings. But it's always the NFL that dominates the ratings. Uh, It really is. They should give them a choice on what they want. Actually, Jacob, that is exactly what I'm about to suggest here. Here's what I think should happen. The NFL owners 
have don't play a snap. These things do not impact NFL owners directly. They're voting on things that impact the coaches and the players. So here's what I think should happen. NFL owners should not be allowed to vote on these things. Instead, you need to have 32 general managers, 32 head coaches, and a representative from all 32 teams that vote on these things, not the owners. We need the guys that are actually a part of the game. Now, I know I mentioned general managers. They're not a direct part of the game, but they have a big responsibility in putting together these football teams. Now, there are some weird little uh, loopholes here that you got to work around. So, for, for instance, the Patriots, Bill Belichick is the de facto general manager there. So you would need to maybe assign someone from like the director of personal scouting or whatever to have them uh, serve as the vote as the general manager. Uh, you also have situations where Jerry Jones, he is the owner and the general manager of the Dallas Cowboys. He still gets a vote because he is a general manager. He is responsible for putting the the, the team together ultimately. Uh, but, but I don't think owners should be voting on these things. It needs to be the players, uh, coaches, uh, one player from each team. Uh, it should be the head coaches and the 32 general managers. Those are the ones that are actually part of the game. And you know what? I mentioned earlier, owners will vote on business decisions. Those players, coaches, and GMs will actually vote on the integrity of the game. And they'll vote on things that a lot of fans will want to see. Listen, let's not forget these fans and their what they do with their hard-earned money, spending it on these tickets. I mean, Even the worst team in the NFL has a pretty high price for tickets and parking. Uh, the beer, uh, food, hot dogs, whatever, merchandise, Sunday ticket, Prime, ESPN+, Plus, Peacock, all these things you now need if you don't want to miss a single game. Um, I just think that at, at the end of the day, ultimately... You need to let the guys who are a direct part of the game, which is not the owners, be the ones that vote on these things. I think it's ultimately fair. That's the best way to go about it. Let me read a few of your guys' comments here. I never cared for Roger Goodell, Jim says. That's Goodell, Mr. Inconsistent. Teresa says, Casey Blitz says, this is an outrage. Elaine says Goodell even said the refs were doing a good job. Yeah, see, this is a really good point here. Listen, I know a lot of people think that the uh, refs help the Chiefs out in all these things. But but listen, the referees have been inconsistent all the time, and it's hurt all 32 teams. And all 32 teams have gotten away with certain things here and there uh, because of poor officiating. Roger Goodell did indeed say, Elaine is right, Roger Goodell did say the week of um, the week of the Super Bowl, that he felt that officiating is the best that it's ever been. Really? So why do we have all these complaints from everybody? Coaches, players, fans? How? How can you say that publicly when everyone else with a pair of eyes and just the smallest bit of knowledge of football can see that's really not the case? Uh, it's really not. It's insane. Fines and repercussions are another huge inconsistency by Goodell. Let me just say this, Teresa. I know a lot of people point that out sometimes. So if uh, Patrick Mahomes gets fined for unsportsmanlike conduct, he's going to get a bigger fine than a backup. Okay? Um, every player is fined on a percentage of their weekly salary. 
Um, that's why you see so many inconsistencies with the um, with the fines. But I'm just trying to explain that because I know a lot of people do not know that rule. Jerry Jones is a schmuck. I agree. It will never happen, but it will never happen. Lynn says. There's people from the players' union on the competition committee. Okay, I actually forgot to mention this, Joshua. I'm really glad you mentioned this. Where where's the NFLPA in all of this? I mean, we have a we have a competition committee too, right? But again, we're letting the owners vote on these things. Yeah, that's a really good point, Joshua. I'm glad you brought that up because I did forget to mention that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was kind of surprised Clark Hunt voted for a flex also. Yeah, sports bars. Yeah, a lot of people might go that. Listen, I'm not encouraging it, but let's not pretend like we don't know. Um, there are a lot of not-so-legal ways to stream these football games now. A lot of people are going to try to go that route too. Jerry Jones is one owner that actually played football. One owner. Okay. Well, there you have it. Should be players, GMs, head coaches, and the players' union. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm i not opposed to that uh that little adjustment to my idea, Jacob. No, I'm not at all. Um, I mean, you can either have the pl- uh, the players' union or you can have one representative from each team. I think that would work ultimately too. Uh, whichever one. <laughs> what is he smoking? Uh, I love Pat's quote on his contract talks. Uh, Pat McAfee? Oh, oh, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Okay, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes did... Uh, Touch on uh, not being the highest paid player anymore, not even close to it. Listen, I've talked about this a lot on social media lately. The fact that the Chiefs have some very difficult decisions coming up with Chris Jones, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. Those are guys in the next 12 months you got to make some decisions on. They're all going to want top dollar right there. They're all some of the best at their positions. They really are. So I don't know what exactly is going to happen with the um, with the Chiefs moving forward. Realistically, it's hard to keep everyone. Uh, you look at Tyreek Hill. He was not happy with what he was getting offered with the guaranteed money. He ended up leaving. So uh, now it didn't hurt the Chiefs. They won a Super Bowl out of it. Patrick Mahomes just had his best year ever other than his first year as a starter, which is impressive. Uh, but you're not going to be able to get away with that every year, letting go a prominent player and expecting to win a Super Bowl each time. You need Chris Jones. You need Creed Humphrey. You need Trey Smith. But if you have to start prioritizing things, I listen, I love Chris Jones, and I think he was huge in Super Bowl 54 late in the game and also in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals late in the game. But you might need to pick and choose who you keep. And I say, you know, protecting your franchise quarterback is the key here. And Patrick Mahomes did mention that, you know, he wants what's best for him, but he also is not too concerned about being the highest paid guy. Uh, He said that before in the past, last year, actually. He also mentioned that, uh, you know, looking at his whole situation, being the highest paid player is not the most important thing to him. It's legacies. It's winning rings. And I think that's great. That's a great thing to hear if you're a Chiefs fan. Now, words... Words are words. Easier, uh, you know, easier said than done. Uh, actions mean more. But I think since we've had Mahomes in Kansas City, his actions have always, his his words have always lived up to to what he's said he'd do. So I trust Patrick Mahomes in the fact that you know 
he'll always take a team-friendly deal. The guy makes at least $20 million from endorsements alone. His wife is making plenty of money on social media. Um, like, his family is in a really great spot. Jackson's obviously making money on TikTok, whether you like the guy or not. Uh, I think his mom, I mean, his mom is doing all these um, all these uh, events that she's being invited to. I'm sure they're not for free. Yeah, I did see the Herm Edwards quote asking if the Chiefs are, um, are going to be ready for the... Listen, when you're as great as the Chiefs are, you're going to have a target on your back, kind of like the Patriots did for so many years. Boy, I just love the... Can you guys hear all that drilling, by the way? I'm just curious if you guys can hear that. Uh, that's what we're uh, we're pushing through here. Uh, unfortunately, there was really no no better place to do the podcast uh, other than the man cave. Yeah, he's a class act, which is great. Let me just go into Patrick right now. Um, by the way, let me just say this, Teresa. Yeah, his dad played pro, pro baseball. Oh, you guys cannot hear the drilling? Oh. Low sound? Okay. All right. I guess it depends on how loud your, um, your, vol- your volumes are right now. Um, I guess if you have headphones, those kinds of things are easier to hear. So, okay. I'll stop talking about the drilling then. <laughs> Um, let me just say this though, Teresa, to your comment about his dad playing pro base, his dad was not making that much money from pro baseball. I think in like his, however many years he played, I think it was nine years. Um, he only made a little more than $2 million, which don't get me wrong. That's, that's good. Um, that's not anything huge either for a pro athlete. Um, what Patrick Mahomes made in his first year, um, as in his rookie deal as a quarterback, backup quarterback was more than what his dad made his entire career. Um, your sister-in-law is not a sports fan, so it's on those. Oh, okay, understandable. Trying to be trying to be considerate, which which is always uh, which is always good. Okay, you can barely hear it. That's good. Um, so listen, I mean, Patrick obviously, you know, he's not suffering money wise. Um, which, by the way, I mentioned his family. Let me just get into it now uh, since we're on the topic. I was gonna do it later, but I'll, I guess now is the best time to, to discuss it with Jackson because he was asked about Jackson, uh, his brother, uh, earlier today in the uh, press conference. Some fans were not happy about that. I have no problems with it. Listen, um, I mentioned Brittany, Jackson, Randy, uh, his dad, Pat, has his own podcast. Um, but the other three, though, Randy, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Randy, uh, Brittany, and Jackson, they all make money from TikTok or endorsements, whatever, and it's because of Patrick. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, listen, uh, I've used this example so many times. Look at the Trump family, okay? Uh, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law wants to run for governor. I can't remember what state it is that she wants to run for, uh, run at, um, but would she be able to have like a successful support if she wasn't related to him? Probably not. Um, that's just the way things work sometimes in our society. Family members from superstar celebrities, yeah, they they tend to get a following because they love that superstar. Um, again, not a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with it. Would Britney have ownership of the uh, part ownership of the Casey Current if it wasn't for her connection to Patrick? Like, look at Chad Henney's wife. Why is Chad Henney's wife, uh, Chad Henney, obviously former Chiefs backup for five years here in Kansas City, Chad Henney's wife is not uh, an owner of a pro sports team. She's not getting all these endorsement deals on social media because no one knows who she is. Um, 
people know Brittany because Patrick, because of her connection to Patrick, because Patrick is a massive superstar. Um, all these people like Patrick, Brittany, Randy, they've all established a, a brand for themselves, essentially. They're no longer just Patrick's family member. They all have um, their own brand. They have a massive following online. So when when Patrick's asked about his brother, again, Patrick's brother, he gets tickets to these games. He gets field access to these games because of his brother. Um, I have no problem with it. Now, Patrick had a very professional answer where he basically said that um, he is going to keep it to himself and that his job is to come in and play football. Um that's a very PR-driven answer. And listen, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm sure his agent even advised him on giving a similar answer uh, because they knew that the topic would be brought up by the media at some point. Um, again, that, that, that that's the job of a PR staff member or an agent to prepare these players for those kinds of questions. Um, so nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and I'm not saying Patrick needs to elaborately explain Jackson's actions because that's not his job. He's not Jackson's PR guy. He's not his attorney. Um, I'll be honest, though, I was I was curious to see if he'd be asked about this. Uh, but you know what, man? I, I think the lesson here is, to Jackson specifically, man, quit acting like a fool and your brother won't be put in this position to be asked these questions. Okay? Look, what, what Jackson does is not a reflection of Patrick. Of course not. Um... And there have been a lot of people, when they talk about Jackson Mahomes, one of the things they always say is, man, I feel so bad for Patrick. Yeah, there are a few idiots out there who think that it's Patrick's fault and whatnot. Uh, listen, you're not going to just cut off your own family member over over these things. You're, you're just not. Um, if this was my brother, um, yeah, of course I'd tell my brother behind closed doors, like, hey, man, what are you doing? You can't be doing these things. Uh, but you're not going to cut him off. I mean, you're just not. Um, again, I have no issues with the media asking this question because I think a lot of people were curious to know his thoughts or reactions to this. Um, again, this all falls on Jackson. If Jackson does not do these things, such as uh, t throwing water at a fan who was trolling or dancing on Sean Taylor's number, causing commotions at restaurants and bars, guess what? No one's going to ask Patrick about his family getting into trouble in the public. No one's going to ask that. Nobody. You can't ask someone about something that didn't happen. Um, and if you're Jackson, I think you do have a responsibility to not do these things because you know your brother is going to be asked about it. Um, it's just really unfortunate, too, from from uh, from that standpoint. I mean, it's, it's kind of unfair, like, like Andy Reid's son, okay, the things that happened to him. Uh, obviously not a reflection of Andy Reid. Andy Reid didn't tell him to do these things, I'd like to assume. Um, but unfortunately, when Andy Reid's son, who was employed by Andy Reid essentially, he puts his father in a very tough position where these topics are going to come up and these questions get up. I know Andy has done this whole thing. He's been around a long time. He knows how this works. So whenever there was news about his son, his court case, his sentencing and all that, um, he did start off, press conferences by saying, hey, look, I'm not answering questions about Brit. Um, Jackson could have done, or I'm sorry, Jackson. Patrick could have done something similar. Um, my guess is Patrick might even release a statement and the PR staff will hand it out to the media and say, hey, look, this is what I'm going to say about Jackson. This is going to be my last word on it. And there's no other, um, 
no other comment I'm going to make on it, even if you ask it. So there's that option down the road. There's also the option of saying no comment. If you guys remember, there was a weird story where Dwayne Bowe allegedly gave an interview with ESPN. I can't remember the name of the writer. He's with Fox Sports now. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't think of the name right now. Um, it's driving me nuts. Um, he, he's a big part of Fox sports. Uh, anyway, Dwayne Bob made a comment saying that, uh, veterans will go on MySpace and Facebook. This is, think of the timing of this comment too, by the way, they'll go on social media and they'll, uh, for road games, bring in women to, you know, have some fun with the, uh, with the players in the hotel rooms. Um, Dwayne Bowe denied that he ever made that comment, and uh, a lot of players were asked about Dwayne Bowe's comments, and Jamal Charles, he actually looked at the media when he was asked about it and said, no comment. So you're allowed to say that as well, if you want to. Um, gosh, the, the, the name of the, um, of the uh, writer, I, I can't think of it right now. Um, it's driving me nuts. Uh, one other NFL note I wanted to mention, actually a couple other NFL notes, um, Adrian Peterson, he said he's not retired yet. He wants to keep playing. He turned 20, 38 in March. I wrote 28 on my notes. Didn't play last season. Listen, accomplished running back, uh, has the, uh, uh, single game rushing record, three-time rushing champion, first, uh, player to score a touchdown, a rushing touchdown with six different teams, one league MVP in 2012, owns various Vikings franchise records, never won a Super Bowl though. He's only played in five playoff games, all with Minnesota from 2020 in the 16 games with Detroit. And in 2021, three games with Tennessee and one game with Seattle, he ran the ball 194 times, averaging 3.6 yards per carry, nine touchdowns, seven of those in 2020. If AP wants a ring, he's going to have to go for a very small deal and go to a team and accept a backup role with a contending team such as Kansas City, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Buffalo, San Francisco, one of those teams. And even then, would those teams even bother giving him a shot? Because they probably would rather just work with a younger running back than a 38-year-old at that point. Um Listen, AP's had a successful career, and it's unfortunate he never won a ring. Um, but, you know, those are your options at this point. It's either accept a veteran minimum contract or you're not going to get asked by uh, – you're not going to get a workout from a team. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Bills punter Matt Areza, he got a workout with the Jets. Um, it's good news for him. Very talented punter coming out of San Diego State. Won the Ray Guy Award in 2021. Drafted in the sixth round by the Bills in 2022. But in late August of last year, he did not dress up for the final preseason game due to accusations of gang rape, allegedly involving him and two former SDSU teammates. The Bills ended up releasing him right after the preseason finale. San Diego, uh, San Diego District Attorney decided late last year not to press criminal charges on him. San Diego State recently announced that they conducted an internal investigation and found no wrongdoing by Areza, which is good news for him. But it's just unfortunate that he lost one season of his career uh, due to this, what seems to be a false accusation. Um, he maintained his innocence the entire time. It is worth noting the civil case is still an ongoing matter. 
Uh, look, are the Bills at fault for what they did? I don't know. I mean, given the reports, obviously it was not the right thing to do. But in theory, what do you what do you do in that situation if you're the Bills? I mean, what do you do? Because whenever someone, whenever something like this gets brought up, an accusation is made. It's obviously bad PR for the person, but it's also a domino effect on the person that's employing them. I mean, they face some backlash for this too. If they, the longer they keep this person employed. We're in a time now where things like rape, violence, even sexist and racist comments are taken very, very seriously, and rightfully so. But it's so hard to know what's true and not true. You don't want to dismiss these claims from people, but you also don't want to jump to conclusions. You, you, you need to let the facts play out. Um, look at the Tyreek Hill situation, the audio that came out, and how... One-sided that was from a local Kansas City station, KCTV5, whereas the 11-minute audio version came out and it told a completely different story. And it was still a bad look for Tyreek Hill and his ex-fiance at the time, but not as horrible as they made it sound in the two-minute version, which was spliced up uh, very heavily. So, uh, listen, I'm glad Matareza, his name... Looks like for now it's been cleared. He does deserve another chance, 100%. The guy's a talented punter. Um, and I'm sure he's spent a lot of his time away from football, training, getting ready for an opportunity. But it's just so unfortunate, man. This false accusation, he lost one year uh, of playing in the NFL. That's just wrong. Um, but again, what do the Bills do in that situation? Like, what can you do? Because... Even if you launch an investigation right away, these things just do not come. They don't come to a conclusion immediately. These things take time, unfortunately. I don't know. I don't know what else the Bills could have done. All right. Um, a couple other things, non-NFL notes. The NBA, the Lakers got swept. Props to the Nuggets, but unfortunately... The post-series story is all focused on LeBron James. Nobody's talking about the Nuggets or, or the type of series Jochich had. Um, uh, I firmly believe in innocence till proven guilty. This is one of the many cases going on back with the Duke lacrosse team. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, the people who make these false accusations, you know, what do you do with them? I mean, they need to suffer the consequences. Uh, look, uh, obviously a lot of people are talking about the, um, the whole LeBron thing, uh, the goat talk, which I listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. That's expected. Um, you can have multiple conversations. Let me just say this because he, in my mind, he's just not the goat. It's Michael Jordan. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't care what Michael Jordan was doing not doing at age 38 versus LeBron at age 38. Michael Jordan already had a great legacy at age 38. LeBron is 4-7 and seven in the finals and just got swept. He was awful from three-point range this postseason. Also, the point that LeBron fans make, and listen, I'm a LeBron fan too. I was rooting for him to prove people wrong. He just didn't do it. Um, The, the point people make that, oh, Michael Jordan had Pippen and Rodman. That's why he's 6-0 in the finals. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, listen, yeah, in team sports, you do have a key player, but you do have a you have to have a strong supporting cast. Tom Brady had a strong supporting cast in New England and Tampa Bay. Patrick Mahomes 
has had a strong supporting cast. You look at in the NBA, I mean, LeBron, it's not like he did not have anyone. He had uh, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, guys who helped him win uh, four rings. Uh, Kobe Bryant, he needed Shaq. He needed Pau Gasol. He needed Lamar Odom, Derek Fisher to help him win five championships. He didn't do it all by himself. So I just think that, you know, people make such a big deal about, you know, who had what at what age and what era of basketball. Man, we if we just do that, we're just going to run in circles. At the end of the day, Michael Jordan is 6-0 all time. By the way, all these people saying, oh, what about Robert Horry? He has 11 rings or however many rings it is. Folks, Robert Horry just happened to, I mean, don't get me wrong, he made some clutch shots. At, at, the guy was at the right place at the right time. Okay, he's not necessarily the best um, is, I mean, Damon Heward, former Chiefs quarterback, that guy has two Super Bowl rings as a backup, right? Is he, you know, better than a lot of quarterbacks out there that don't have a ring? No, of course not. Um, Look, LeBron's a fantastic player. At the end of the day, I just think he's the second best behind Michael Jordan. And I think postseason success is just not on LeBron's side. He has a lot of championships. Four championships is a lot. Um, The stats he has, insane. But you got to have the championships for it. You've just got to have it. Um, By the way, let me just address this. Because I know a lot of people don't like LeBron for his political stance. And listen... I'll never understand this about our society. I know politics is such a bigger deal today than it was seven or eight years ago. But if you root for an athlete or if you root against an athlete because of their political stance, I'm sorry, but that is just plain silly, man. It really is. Like, I mean, are we going to drive cars or sell our certain cars based on political stances? Are we going to shop or avoid certain grocery stores because of this? Are we not going to ship with UPS or FedEx because we don't agree with them politically? Like, I've just never understood in this society. Like, these are the same people that say, you know, keep politics out of sports, yet they cheer for or root against certain players because they... Because of political stances. I, I, I think that's silly, man. I can't I could never see myself rooting for someone because of politics. I I, I just could never see that. Um It's insane. Uh Celtics, they avoid a sweep, but listen, we all know it's gonna be heat nuggets in the finals. Uh, that's just the way it's gonna be. Uh I can't pick against the Nuggets, man. Um they're looking good right now. Obviously they got a little bit of rest. That can uh that can go a long way for a team. When they get a sweep and another team is still involved in their series, but I don't think the Heat are going to take much longer to uh, finish a job against the Celtics. Uh, NHL, boy, their conference finals have been awesome. Uh, Both Vegas and Florida are up 3-0 in the series, but that is not a fair reflection whatsoever of these games. Games games 1 and 2 of both conference finals went to overtime. Uh, game three of Florida Carolina did not go to overtime, but did end in a one nothing game. So obviously very close all the way through. Vegas destroyed Dallas in game three for nothing. 
they got the very early goal. The uh, unnecessary penalty from uh, what's the guy's name? Um, uh, I'm trying to look it up here. Uh, oh, Jamie Ben, where he just landed on Mark Stone, checked him his throat like that. Got very physical, major penalty. Vegas was basically up three nothing early in the game, and Dallas was really out of it early. It got very physical. Fans started booing the refs. They started throwing trash on the feet on the ice. I should say. Uh, they actually had to postpone the second period. What they did was they had the intermission early. They start. They came out of the intermission, started the second period, and then right after the second period, which was 21 seconds left, they started the third period, uh, which I've never seen before in hockey. Uh, I'm also new to the sport, so maybe that's happened at one other time. But man, Dallas Stars fans—they just left early. They left after the uh, the second intermission. So I thought it was crazy to see. Um, Thought that was crazy to see to see how that all uh, kind of panned out, um, but man, uh, it looks like it's going to be Vegas and Florida in the finals, and that should be very good. Florida's got this destiny story where they they dethroned the Boston Bruins, they beat the Maple Leafs, who you know they were also a team of destiny, winning winning their first playoff series in forever. Um, oh, I don't know, Teresa. I doubt it. I doubt Dallas comes back. But yeah, I agree with you though. The NHL's great. Hey, let me just say this. I said this before, but I'll say it again. I complain that there are way too many games, but the first two rounds of the NHL and the NBA playoffs are honestly some of the best postseason action. I will even go as far as saying better than the first 96 hours of college basketball, the NCAA tournament. Um, I mean, there are just so much, so so many things happening. Hockey postseason is severely underrated. Um, it really is. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch, but, uh, I do want to go back to Dallas fans throwing trash on the field, which by the way, very reminiscent of Dallas Cowboys fans throwing trash at the refs after losing a playoff game a couple years ago. Remember that? Remember that one? Um, Peter DeBear, the head coach of the Dallas Stars was asked about fans throwing trash on the field. His response was that everyone in the building was frustrated. Really? Everyone in the building was frustrated? He even kind of defended Jamie Ben for that check. Like, come on. Don't defend the guy. No, I've actually been to a couple of um, uh, Vegas games. I actually worked a game. I, I used to work in media production um, for the Sprint Center, uh, also for the Royals, but now it's called the T-Mobile Center. Uh, I did see a uh, St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild Hockey game there. Uh, working media. It was actually a lot of fun to watch. The first time I ever really enjoyed hockey was the United States in the Winter Olympics when they lost to Canada. Um, I mean, I was just hooked and I wanted to get behind a team, but I just couldn't. I, I Listen, I know St. Louis is the local team here in KC, but um, I, I just I just don't have any emotional attachment behind the Blues. Whereas with Vegas, I, I mean, I visit Vegas frequently, so that was so easy to just kind of get behind them. Been to many Islander games, love hockey. It's such a fun sport. It really is. Um, yeah, I've been to three Golden Knights games, and they've won every time, thankfully, because, I mean, it's a it's a hot ticket. It really is. Um, you know, a lot of money, obviously, going to Vegas and also spending money on a ticket. So it's good to see them. A Blues fans suck. Oh, interesting. Um, I think some of their traditions are pretty cool, uh, that I saw at the Sprint Center. Um, 
I can't remember the name of the song. I know we used it for the Royals uh, for to pump up the crowd at one point. But yeah, it looks like it's going to it's going to be uh, Vegas and Florida. Vegas, you know, they've been a team of destiny. Also, you know, a team that uh, just started their franchise a few years ago obviously in their inaugural season they really got the city together after that tragic shooting that happened during that country concert there so Vegas has always been a very interesting story and they've already gone through so many head coaching changes it's crazy what a story would it be for their head coach uh, Bruce Cassidy who just got fired by the Bruins and the Bruins without Bruce Cassidy have the best season ever and they lose, and Cassidy's getting close to reach to a Stanley Cup. That's awesome. That really is going to be a, a great story for him. All right, we're about to wrap up here. Let me just get into the UFC a little bit because Dana White, I mean, listen, I don't know what it is with Dana White and trying to be combative with the media, the fans constantly. I, I just don't get why he does this all the time. Francis Ngannou, who, by the way, was at the Vegas Golden Knights game that I went to, he... uh rang the uh, the horn for uh, for game one, or cranked the horn, I guess is what they call it. Uh, he just signed with the PFL. He just had so many disagreements with the UFC, couldn't do it anymore, so um, he's no longer at the UFC. Dana White was asked for his reaction joining the PFL and pretty much bashed the signing because I guess uh, Ngannou's going to try to do a uh, fight with Anthony Joshua. Dana White called it a gimmick fight and said that that's something the UFC does not ever do. Really, Dana? The UFC does not do gimmick fights? Are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure the UFC did a BMF title match between George Masvidal and Nate Diaz. Oh, and by the way, they're bringing that back for uh, Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje too. And you're going to say there's no gimmick fights in the UFC? What about when CM Punk was in the UFC? Or Power Slap, of all things. And he brags about his social media uh, presence with that, which look, it's nice. I'm sure they're benefiting from that, but a lot of it is really just fans laughing at the sport. Um, I don't know how much that's going to last on TV. We'll see. Why does Dana White always have to be combative? I mean, he goes on Pat McAfee's show frequently. Hey, listen, I like Pat McAfee and all, but it's just that, you know, you're going on guys' shows who don't challenge you with the tough questions so much. And that's a big problem with some of the um, people in sports and, and even non-sports in the media is that they don't like to be asked the tough questions. Um, and Dana White always just has to be combative with the fans. Uh, could you imagine if Roger Goodell or Adam Silver was like this constantly? People would be so upset with them. Uh, people, I mean, that would be front page news everywhere. But with Dana White, MMA, the sport of MMA gets away with a lot of things that I don't agree with. Um, controversial comments that if an NFL player or NBA player made, it'd be all over the news. But that's the sport of MMA for you, I guess. Uh, it's a growing sport, but I guess it hasn't grown that much to where these fighters or uh, promoters can make comments like that and uh, get away with it. Yeah, that's why he likes it. I agree with you. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farce Cast. Once again, a big thanks to all the uh, birthday wishes from over the weekend. Thank you to all of you who uh, reached out. 
Appreciate those who join live for this podcast, facebook.com slash Farzi Vasugan. That is where we do our live podcasts. So thanks once again to all of you listening live or those who listen to the podcast version on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Let your friends know about the uh, the show. Share the links on social media. That always helps out the podcast greatly. All right. I am out of here. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I am out. I will talk to you guys next week. Take care.